Hey guys, welcome to the EFI Fitness Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about meal plans and basically I got asked a question. Um, someone asked me a question, which was, um, if I don't have a meal plan, how do I stay on track? And I think there's a lot of people out there who think that they need a meal plan. It's something to follow because otherwise, what do they eat? And it's it's one of those frustrating questions as as a coach because I I don't want to I don't want to tell people what to eat. I want to show them that they can eat within reason what they want and still lose weight and still get the goals they want to do. And it all comes from balance. And when when I see coaches or PTs or people who are just not even either of those things um, start giving out just shit meal plans to people to make them lose weight when anybody could follow any meal plan and lose weight if you cut the calories enough. It's fucking frustrating as shit. And what I, what I see so often, especially like people competing, they're always a fucking cocoa box. I saw a meal plan the other day and I could tell you the coach, I could tell you the client, I'm not going to, but like, this is just what they put on social media from a, a photo shoot prep. Their breakfast was oats and soy protein. Their pre-workout was oats and soy protein. Their two main meals were tofu and rice or tofu and veg, depending on if it was a training day or not. And then they, they, they had an option of a pre-bed meal of oats and soy protein. When that's your meal plan, that's your life. What's the fucking point? Like, you're going to be so miserable. There's no taste. Everything's bland. And, all right, simple works. I, I get that. Simple does work you're having the same thing three times a day and three of them are protein shakes and oats like fuck that most most people most coaches when they compete they'll put fucking cocoa pops in there it's like highly processed highly palatable semi-calorific they're not stupid high in calories but the moorish like after i after i had a photo shoot I had 8,000 calories. I ate a full box of Cocoa Pops with milk. So many Cocoa Pops because they're Moorish. You want them. So you've got to make sure that those things don't happen. Like, what's the fucking point? Like, frustrates me. So if you don't have a meal plan, how would you stay on track? And like... You got to think a meal plan itself is like a rigid prescription of foods uh, with the quantities and stuff like that. And technically, no nutritionist PT or anything like that can actually give out a meal plan. It has to be a dietitian, and even then, it's still a stupid idea because if someone needs a meal plan, then they're obviously not in the greatest headspace around their food, and they're probably going to go off it. And that's one of the main issues we have with meal plans because you you essentially just fuck it off when you go wrong like all right what are you going to do on saturday night when you go out and have food with your partner with your kids 
like if I want to go for a couple of beers after cricket on a um on a Saturday, like what the fuck do I? All right, beers out in my meal plan. What do I do then? I've just gone off plan. Oh, I might as well just say fuck it then. And that's the mentality that people have. And whilst you're working with people whose mentality towards food and relationship with food isn't great, that's when you that that's when you you need these things in place because otherwise they're never going to fucking work. And this white meal plans don't work. So I'm going to start and flip here because I'm going to tell you why meal plans do work first. All right. Because they do work. There is no doubt that if someone prescribed you the same thing over and over and over again, it will work. And that's a given. So there's a couple of people that might benefit from meal plan. One, those people who are in the 1%, maybe even less than 1% who are going to be competing on a photo shoot or something like that, who have this stupid, rigid mentality that they will follow literally anything you say to get to their goal. They don't mind being hungry. They don't mind being deprived. They don't mind grinding. They've got the mentality that the the more physical, emotional, mental and hunger pains they have, the better they're doing. Um, is it a great mentality? No, but most people who step on stage would have some level of meal plan restriction and things like that. Is it fucking stupid in my opinion? Absolutely, yes. That's why I don't do it. That's why I don't compete. That's why I don't train people to compete. Do I have mad respect for people that do compete? Absolutely, because it's fucking hard. And they look fantastic. All right. And the, the biggest biggest thing that I struggle with clients or my clients struggle with when, when they first start is if I'm te- like because it takes it takes a long time to, to teach people how to eat, like because they're so influenced by like westernized diets and things like that now. You've got to think that it takes a month. To get portion sizes right, it takes a long time for us to make those decisions and actually decide what we're eating and getting into the uh, into habits of, all right, well, this is what I eat on a Monday night. I have this or this, all right, and I reduce these food options. That's taken completely out of it when you have a meal plan. If someone gives you, all right, you're going to have 50 grams of uncooked white rice, all right, you're going to cook that in water, you're going to a little bit of salt, you're going to have that with 150 grams of cooked chicken breast that's got um, a little bit of seasoning on it, and you're going to have two handfuls of vegetables. All right, there is no, there is no way you're going to get that wrong. All right, unless you don't weigh stuff. All right, and yeah, there are easier ways ways to weigh. Easier ways to weigh weigh. Yeah, it's a hat mouthful. It's definitely a mouthful. And when you when you follow a meal plan, you reduce what we call decision fatigue. So the more and more decisions you make over, over the day and the harder decisions you make, and that, that decision fatigue like has a huge impact because the more and more decisions you make, especially when they're bigger decisions, the worse you get throughout the day. That's why like if you're going to do work or you're going to do 
like big projects and things like that, the earlier on in the day that you do them, the, the better you're going to be able to them because you're able to make decisions a little bit clearer, a little better because you're more well-rested because that's when you just woke up. And the longer and longer they go throughout the day, the harder those decisions are to make, the more fatigued you get. And that's why nobody ever overeats at breakfast and nobody really ever overeats before five o'clock. People only ever eat when their mind starts to relax at an end of the night. In front of the TV, play on COD, doing whatever they do. I have a few pounds with the mates after cricket, speaking from experience. Or you might be in front of the TV watching Netflix and the partner gets out some crisps or whatever. And that's when you overeat. It's never you overeat at three o'clock in the afternoon on your pre-workout meal. All right. Um, obviously, the meal plan, like as a coach, if I gave someone a meal plan, which is very, very rare, very seldom, I would say to them, all right, have you followed the meal plan? And they'd be like, no. And it's that level of accountability. It's like, well, you cannot expect the results you're wanting because you're not following the plan that I'm giving you. All right. Obviously, there's some level of leeway because as a coach, I want to also facilitate what their lifestyle looks like. This one meal plan to me wouldn't work. Then, as a as a converse argument, here's why meal plans don't work. So, if someone gave me a meal plan, I I don't want to eat the same things every day because I get bored of them because I get bored of everything to an extent. So, like the first things first. Food wastage is probably going to be up there with my main concern. Like if someone gives me on a Monday, uh, I've got to eat spinach, and then I've got not I've not got spinach in my diet until Friday again. All right, bags of spinach coming like five hundred gram bags or whatever, one hundred and eighty gram bags, which is like a shit ton of spinach. Like it's just a large amount of spinach, right? If I have to have a handful, and there's 10 handfuls in a bag by Friday I've got nine handfuls of semi-wilted watery old old spinach in a bag and I, I'm not going to touch that I'm not for sewer food but I don't want a soggy lettuce lettuce leaf or a spinach leaf like it's just not going to happen so you've got food wasted like you've I've got obviously having a meal plan you, you can buy all the ingredients and you're not going to waste food that you're definitely not going to eat. It's just food wastage, obviously, can go into it if you've got something only in your plan once or twice a week and it is perishable, which is literally everything. I'll open the fridge and literally see some spinach like crying at me and I'll still just pick up the potatoes and cook them instead. All right. Then when it comes to meal plans, and this is one of my biggest pet peeves. This is one of my biggest pet peeves with coaches is that you will get the same meal plan as everybody else. Um, there was one coach, I'm not even going to describe him as a coach to be fair. There was one person who was giving out, um, I don't even want to say advice, um, information where Basically, the only carbohydrate you were allowed to eat was quinoa. Um, you weren't allowed to eat any other carbohydrate. You um, 
yeah, you just had a list of foods you weren't allowed. I've seen coaches, I've, again, use the word loosely. I've seen people rest- make people restrict blueberries. Uh, I've seen beetroot not being allowed. I've seen a plethora of meal plans with cocoa pops on it. Um, yeah, there's just so much where it's just this whole blanket approach, one size fits all. Here's you in this box. If you don't fit this box, it's a you issue, not a me issue. Therefore, go and find someone else who can work with you because you're not being adherent to what I'm doing, which is literally complete and utter bullshit. You cannot, you cannot expect people to all be the same, to all follow the same meal plan, to all inherently follow some level of dictatorship that makes you unhappy, miserable, because you you don't fit into what the coach has given you. That's not how coaching works. This is where meal plans fall down. This is where there is no level of individuality behind it. And you've got to think, like, I have clients where they travel. Like, I've got one client who um, he he will be travelling to Scandinavia quite often, to Japan, uh, now and again to Europe I've got clients who literally go away every other week I've got clients who work on ships for four or five months at a time I've got people who work on rigs for four weeks at a time I've got mothers I've got fathers I've got people who are in a six weeks holidays right now because the teachers uh, I've got nurses who work night shifts you cannot expect someone to follow a meal plan whilst they're working 7pm till 7am in a stressful environment, working on A&E, when you you don't know where their break's going to be. They don't even know when their break's going to be. So all these things just show me that meal plans just cannot work. They're not attainable for 99.9% of the population. And that's absolutely fine. Because when we're, when we're looking at people, and when I take some, a, a client on board, I don't ask them what they want in a week. I don't want to ask them in six weeks. I want to ask them, all right, what's the, what's the end goal? Where do you want to be? What What is the, the ultimate goal for this client? All right, and then what I will say is, all right, well, that's your goal, whether that be feeling confident in the gym, feeling confident going dress shopping, feeling confident in a dress. All right, how do we then maintain that? How do we get there and maintain it? Right. And that's the the long sighted goal. That is our long term goal. All right. Whereas meal plans are very short sighted. It's all right. How can I make someone lose this weight as fast as possible whilst making their life as miserable as possible? And it's that toss up between, well, yes, they might get to their goals a little bit quicker than if they put all these play- things in place. But you've got lack of lack of ownership on on the actual client because they're not doing anything for themselves so afterwards they're just going to go back to their normal eating habits or stick to this meal plan and just be unhappier for a longer period of time and if you look at the the long-term effects it's that whole analogy of teach a man to fish versus give them on the fish if you teach them you give them a fishing rod and teach them how to fish he'll be able to provide for himself Whereas if you actually gave him the fish, he would be reliant on you. And this is what meal plans are like. Unfortunately, 
people that see like that and it's um fucking stupid i hate it but here we are and again coming to that lifestyle lifestyle thing like what about holidays like you're in Turkey and all inclusive and they don't have brown rice they don't have quinoa they only have blueberries which apparently are the devil even though the i be the best berry if you would disagree you're entitled to your opinion it is wrong and when it comes to like meal plans and stuff like i get bored of stuff really easily like it might be the adhd it might be the fact that i'm just different in that way but i i respond very well to sensory stuff i respond very well to different textures and different um sort of tastes and like flavorings and stuff like that so i like to switch it up and this, to, my meal plans are actually actually very good for, for me as, as a person to an extent because if you gave me 50 percent of my meals every day being exactly the same i'd be happy with that as long as i can switch it up because i like different textures so i like crunches i like my oats having something in there i had a um, I had a brownie the other day, which had like dime bar pieces in there. And because I wasn't expecting it, I didn't enjoy it because of the texture. Um, yeah. Mod like that. It is what it is. But all, the, all you're doing by increasing the reliance on a meal plan is making it more difficult for people to actually change long term because the, the habits that you create through a meal plan and long serving they're not there for you to be able to go all right sweet i now know what i need to do long term all right all, all it teaches you to do is that you need to follow something religiously all right and you can't go off plan. you have to book cook stuff you have to buy stuff in in specifically for this meal plan all right and it doesn't it doesn't actually teach you the habits for a long term it doesn't teach you that you need protein in every meal. It doesn't teach you that you need to drink two to three liters of water. It doesn't teach you that, all right, well, if you feel hungry, it could be a lack of protein, fiber, and just roughage, all right? What if you have stomachache after every 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 meal because there's something in there that's upsetting your stomach? There's no room for error. There's no room for change. And what about if you want to eat something with your family, eat something socially? Eat something with your partner. What if you? What if it's your anniversary and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I need to go out and eat a meal for my anniversary? It doesn't fucking work, right? And the whole paradigm of meal plans is sort of macros. It's driven by our macronutrients. It's driven by the amount of protein people need, the amount of carbs and fats, and it's all about everything's driven to fat loss. And the longer and longer you only look at how many calories you're eating, how much fat can I lose, how much exercise can I do to help me lose fat. The longer and longer you look at those things and don't come away from it and say, all right, well, if I have this healthy lifestyle where I'm eating healthy, nutritious foods, I'm, eat, I'm eating enough protein to maintain muscle mass, I'm going to the gym to get strong and, and feel better and mentally de-stress. The longer you don't switch to that paradigm, or at least think, all right, sweet, I'm going to the gym to get stronger, the longer you will you will be unhappy about the amount of fat you hold, how you look, 
how you feel, how you're sleeping. There is just a massive correlation between between those two things. And you've got to think when we eat, if everything you eat is driven by the macronutrients, the amount of calories in it, you completely negate about the nutritional value of that food beyond those three parameters. And yes, our macronutrients do do have a huge part to play in your diet, so protein, carbs, fats, and alcohol. But what about your micronutrients? What about um, iron intake for females when they're menstruating? What about B12 for people who are on low B12 and have to have the injection? Okay, what about calcium and vitamin D for bone health for the elderly? What about magnesium for females in the men- for um, females who are pre, post, and mid menopause? All these things come in, and they're just not factored in, or very rarely factored in to a meal plan. Because if I give someone a meal plan, like the first thing I'm going to give them is one the foods I like, like which isn't the most extravagant and arguably wouldn't be the healthiest for them. So it makes makes no sense for me to give someone a meal plan, but I'm just going to give them what foods I like. And the you, we, we eat the foods rather than the nutrients. And I think people are short-sighted in that. And that's how... That's how sort of meal plans sit in my in my head. So you've got some positives for a very, very small population, but you've got huge negatives for most of the population. And what I'm going to do now is going to show you how to change that and what you need to do instead of meal plan. So I'm going to give you three different strategies that you can use that change the necessity or the need for in your head about a meal plan because one you don't need a meal plan because it's just fucking stupid like i've just said and you don't need cocoa pops cocoa pops every day because like you know that's unhealthy you know that cocoa pops aren't the new most nutritious thing okay so you need to look at firstly Transforming your, transforming your days slowly for success. So you eat habitually now foods that will either be good for you in terms of they um, give you highly, highly nutritious foods, give you enough protein, carbs, fats, etc. And you will also eat things that don't 100% hit your goals. And that's absolutely fine. But what you need to make sure that you do over the next 6, 8, 10, 12 weeks, yes, long term. I apologize that it might take a bit of time, but worry not. However, it isn't easy. Because any 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 prolonged change that you do over, the, over time isn't easy. So what you need to do is you need to sit down at any meal that you have. And be like, ask yourself, how can I make this healthier ever so slightly? So you look at um, um, a breakfast, for example, and your breakfast could be a pan of chocolate with a coffee. Mm. On the way to work, on a commute, you might get the tube, the train, the bus, whatever. 
how do you make that healthier? All right. And it's not how do I make this the healthiest? It's how do I make this healthier? Just a little bit. So you might go from a pan of chocolate and a, um, a caramel latte to a, um, a cream cheese bagel and a flat white. So one, you've redu reduced the calories, you've reduced the refined sugars, you've reduced the insulin spike that you'll get off it, and you've increased protein and fiber. All right, so it's going to keep you full for longer, you're going to have less of a sugar spike, you're going to have less of a down layer, and you've still, one, eaten something that you probably like, and two, you've rarely changed the coffee, it's just less caramel. All right, and then that might still fit your lifestyle because you still might be in a rush. You still might be commuting. You've not changed much, but you've changed something slightly that's going to benefit you. All right. And then you do the same at lunch. You do the same at tea. All right. And it's just about putting these things in place so they become habitual because habits are just, when we build habits, it's basically like building a new river. It takes fucking time, but once they're stuck, it's very, very hard for them to move. All right, look at the Grand Canyon. Like that didn't that didn't happen in a week, didn't happen in a month, it happened over probably millions of years. So, and you think about the river that goes through it now, it's very, it's basically just a creek, isn't it? Never actually been. So, you've got to think that all these things aren't perfect, but if every time every time you eat, you look at increasing the protein of it decreasing the sugars of it, increasing the fiber, and keeping it the same for your lifestyle. You won't be far off where you need to be, and you'll still get to fucking enjoy it. Like, if you go to Costa for breakfast every morning, like, one, obviously, you do very well. It's fucking expensive. It's like four quid for a coffee now. It's fucking ridiculous. But you're also making time for more, um, oh, sorry, better choices. You're not changing it so much that it's a massive chore and you have to go very much out your way to do it. And over time, things get a little bit easier. And you might even say, all right, well, actually, they make this healthy. Now I, I can just not go to Costa. I can just take a travel book from home and have coffee. And you might prep your food for, for the day. You might, might take yesterday's leftovers for dinner, for breakfast or lunch. You might have, you might say, all right, well, actually, I'm just going to skip breakfast because... I don't necessarily need it. I'm not really hungry. I have it because it's habitual. And instead of hitting the cost on the way, you might go to the gym on the way. So all these things you can see, all right, yes, they're very, very small changes, but over time, over a year period, a two-year period, they make a huge difference to your life because things will change. The only thing that might, might make you change faster is if the places that you go to on the way just start closing. And you've always got to think that the action that you do breeds the results you get. And the results you get breed the motivation to then take more action. So the more and more you do this, the more it snowballs downhill and the more you benefit from it. Like you cannot do this without progress. And the progress is what keeps you coming back. Like the reason that I go to the gym now is not because of motivation. I couldn't give a shit about motivation. I'm never motivated to train. But I go, one, because it's habitual, and two, because when I actually see the results and I see the benefits of all the graft that I've put in over the last eight, nine, ten years, 
it comes to fruition, you're just like, yeah, that's I can do that. That's that's something I can do. Is it easy? No, probably not. But when you see those results day to day, week by week, that's what keeps you coming back. And it doesn't just have to be in the gym that you see that. Seeing that in your health and seeing it in how you sleep, seeing it in how you work, seeing your productivity and habits fly through the roof is a massive benefit to us. The second way that you're going, you can change um, or not use a meal plan is you can create your own meal plan and you stick to two rules. One, you increase your protein. Sorry, no, wait. So create your own meal plan. So take everything you eat. Sorry, I got confused then. So you take everything you eat and like on a day-to-day basis. So that could be everything that's in your kitchen, so in your cupboards, in your fridge. Everything you eat at work, on the commute, socially with people. And you're looking at the th- foods that you eat every single day that aren't overly calorific and don't cause you to overeat massively. So these are your everyday foods. So they're not indulgent. They're not the shit we need to get rid of. This is your everyday foods. What you're going to do is you're going to make meals out of them. And it sounds really simple and really, really like I'm teaching you to soak eggs. I'm not. So for example, say if that in that everyday foods, you go out and be like, yeah, this is, um, these are the meats I eat. So it might be chicken, lean meats, mince and white fish. These are the carb sauces I eat. So that could be potatoes, rice, pastas. Here's a form of veg or fruit. And here's a sauce. So you might end up making bolognese. And basically what you do is you track that bolognese on my fitness pal in your um, food, in your meals or foods or recipes or whatever, wherever you want to store it. And it comes out at 400 calories and 32 grams of protein per portion. You store it in, in my fitness pal and you know that every time you have that, you've hit at least 25 grams of, of protein and you know it's somewhere in the region of about 400 calories. Are you going to make that perfect every time? No, it's never going to be the same. All right, and that's absolutely fine. But you store it in there. And what you want to then start creating is you, you start creating this library of meals that you habitually eat. Again, don't want to teach you to soak eggs because you will do this already. And they already might still be in my fitness pal. But what you need to look at is you need to look at the longevity of these. They're already in there. If you change how that recipe is, unless it's stupid drastic, don't worry about it. All right, you're still hitting these 25 grams of protein. You're still hitting about 400 calories. And after a while, you will have to track these. All right. And if you build three to five meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then that's 80%. That's 80% of your day. And that's perfect. And the last two, three in the calories that you have might come from a biscuit. All right. They might come from something that you actually fancy rather than just something that you think you need to have. And it's really easy, really simple. The last one is one of my favorite ones to actually use because it's even simpler than that. Because it requires zero tracking 
and sort of accounts for social aspects as well. So this is what I call the skeleton method. So the first three meals of the day, providing that you have four meals, um, like if you only have three meals, it might be the first two meals of the day. All right, so I class the first three as... Oh, excuse me. Oh, big yawn. Um, I class the first three as breakfast, lunch, and snack. So I'm going to run you through what your first three meals might look like, and then I'll tell you what you need to do afterwards. So your first three meals. So meal one could be a protein shake. Always double scoop it for me. Um, it's an easy 40 to 50 grams of protein. And I'll usually have two slices of toast with cream cheese and tomato. Um, today I didn't. I had leftover pizza for breakfast because I'm not wasting the pizza because the pizza I have is banging. Um, for lunch, you might have a chicken breast salad with um, some mozzarella cheese on there, a little bit of dressing, whatever it might be. And for the third meal, you could have a smoked salmon bagel on a thin bagel with cream cheese, a little bit of cucumber, pickle on the side kind of vibes. And what you'll notice in all three of those is, one, you've got a protein source, two, you've got a lot of fiber coming from either fruit or veg, and you've got some carbs in there. What I try to do is, on this, I would make sure the carbs, carbs are not in all three meals, all right? That's one of the only rules that I should place on this. And I would make sure that carbs, if you're going to eat them, or as early in the day as possible because you're more insulin sensitive. So you're going to um, utilize and store them faster rather than um, have them fucking float around the blood and shit. Um, those three meals, they're about 1,500 calories between the three. You don't have to eat those three. You can make it so you can have it something different by all means. And it doesn't have to be the same three every day. You can combine this method with either of the other two. But what this allows you to do, it allows you to, once you're, you get home on an evening after work, whenever that may be, and you're going to have tea, dinner, lunch, whatever you call it, with your partner, it allows it to be a lot more social. It allows you to not track it because you know that if you've got two and a half thousand calories in the day and you've had 1,500, you've got a thousand left. Like in a meal, as long as you don't over it on afterwards, like this is getting easy because there's less thinking because you don't have to be like, oh, I need to have this because I've got this many calories left. You should make sure it's protein based, it's got veg. That last meal then becomes more sociable because it's probably going to be family, friends, whatever. It allows you to eat a little bit more distracted and have less onus on sort of fullness signals and things like that. And it just provides you with something throughout the day when, yes, the focus might be on fat loss, but you aren't always focused on fat loss. Because the more you focus on fat loss, the less results you will get, re fat loss. Okay? I have all three of these templates that I use for my clients that I can send to you. So if you want any of these, please don't hesitate to reach out Instagram at Paul underscore Ellis underscore E5, and I will send them to you. It's absolutely fine. I've got no issues with doing that. They are on the links in my bio as well, as well as some other stuff. And I hope everybody's okay. Have a great bank holiday. Don't stress too much about things. 
things will always get better. Um, the waiting list for my next group coaching does open this week, opens on Wednesday. Um, so we are starting um, October, early October we're starting. Um, so if you want to jump on the waiting list and get involved, you are more than welcome to. Um, if you want anything else, give me a shout. And like I said, have a great bank holiday, guys. Goodbye.